And let's start the podcast. How about that? We're not enthusiastic start <laughs> to the show. The APC podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation. Packers talk all the time, even in self-quarantine times, although honestly... Don't know how much Packers talk we're going to do here today because uh, there's not a whole lot going on because everyone's kind of stopped in their tracks. It's been a, a few weeks since we checked in with you guys, and um, we just really wanted to uh, get some more content out for your pleasure and uh, for our own sanity, see each other's faces on the on the video screen here and have some some human contact of our own. I'm Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Follow the show at the APC pod, and I am joined in a, um, a newly redecorated home office in Brooklyn, New York by Alex Patakis. How are you, man? Doing well, staying healthy, doing what we can. Uh, when you have all this time around the house, you can finally do things uh, like furnish your place that you've been in for almost a year now. <laughs> it's like no more excuses for getting the apartment together. So um, we're working on that. We're the total opposite. We're like we, uh, so we moved cross country. We packed up everything from... Uh, from our apartment in Queens into a budget truck, drove and organized it in such a way, this is how anal we are, we organized it in such a way in the truck that when we got to our new home in Albuquerque, New Mexico, we were able to quickly unload everything into their predetermined zones. And then from there, we had like 90% of a house set up within like two hours <laughs> moving in. But neither of us can really abide by kind of like boxes hanging around. But I suppose if you got an office there, you can just close the door and not look at the stuff. Yeah, right? it's a it's a it's called it's a half bedroom by uh, like what the listing would say, of course. Uh, but really, How is it's that not just, illegal? What's a half bedroom? Uh, I don't know. It it looks like a. I think it would make a really nice walk in closet, but it has a window. So instead, we've turned it into a little office. And now that we're both working from home. Both doing it at the uh, kitchen island that you so kindly provided to us uh, would would not work out. You very love well. you love giving me props for the kitchen island. <laughs> it's a lifesaver. It really is. I mean, because otherwise, uh, if I didn't have that right now, one of us would be back here, and the other one would be like slouching in the bed or on the couch, which is terrible posture wise, uh, especially life. Um, for work days. Not that my work days are particularly long. In fact, I'm uh, looking for things to do. Um, and I'm getting more and more nervous about going on my daily little walks or runs. So uh, it's 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 a weird time, man. It's a very weird time to be in New York. And I and I thought about escaping. Um, but then, like, you would have to self-quarantine wherever you escape to for like 14 yeah. days. Yeah. So but I, I mentioned this on, on uh, our text thread a few days ago. But we have some friends uh, that we met in New York, but they're from Albuquerque. Um, and they fled and they came back to Albuquerque where, um, a relative who owns multiple houses just had a house open and ready for them and they stocked it for them wow. and they drove all the way here, um, with a fully stocked house so that they could self quarantine for, uh, for their, the requisite two weeks, but they, they live like two blocks over or they're staying two blocks over. So we've, uh, we've been fortunate to be able to like have some friends over in our backyard with, uh, you know, the chairs spread like 10 feet apart mm -hmm. <laughs> and just kind of shout at each other from a safe distance. Yeah. I mean, that even that just sounds incredible right now. Um, I'm doing a lot of virtual. You're you're 
uh, one of like four virtual calls I've had today. And I have like a actual virtual hangout scheduled later. But my nice. whole work is just calls like video calls with people who don't know how else to spend their time. So they want to pretend they're busy. So they schedule video calls and yeah. just catch up with each other like yeah. anything's changed. Um, but, you know, I thought about the driving thing, too. If I, you know, I wanted to like maybe drive down to Florida, I'd have a, uh, and this whole thing is over, I'd have like go into the summer with a better tan than I've ever had, like making it out of winter <laughs> in New York. Um, but I wouldn't even be able to see my family. Like, I think that would be so weird to be there and not be able to go near them. Yeah. And it's like all because if you're leaving New York, you're just like, you know, big X, like, no, don't yeah. come near me. Um, so we're here for the long haul, man. And is this a like a quarantine goatee you've got going on here? Uh, what are we working man, on? <laughs> I I can I my facial hair is just never like I can't really grow good facial hair. I just have like these patchy things and like a very weird goatee that grows quickly. So I thought that if there is ever a good time to just like experiment and see what could happen, yeah. just let it go. This is it. Um, because all my calls for work are internal, so. We're going to see what happens to it. We're going to see how it goes. We're also going to see how the, the home haircut goes eventually. Oh, that's um, another way in which we're fortunate. Um, my wife cuts her own hair and, and cuts my hair and does a pretty darn good job of it. So cuts her own hair? Yeah, she cuts her own hair. That sounds really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't cut my own hair. I used to buzz it a long time ago, Just been, but that's it's not a good look. To just No, it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um Damn. Well, props to her. That's uh, that's pretty big time. So, yeah, that's uh, that's not something I think about too often. But every now and then, I'm like, oh, I'm getting pretty shaggy, scruffy here. I wonder if the uh, the microphone picked up my opening my Miller Light here. There you go. Oh, is that a little uh, sixteen ouncer? It's a sixteen ouncer in my shit could be worse koozie. Maybe I'll take a photo for that and put it on the Instagram. very, very, very APC fitting. Pod. Yeah. 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 It's been my go-to koozie. Yeah. So uh I'm I've been I'm going the other way. I'm drinking beers in like eight ounce like because like I, I feel like when I drink an eight ounce pour of a beer, I feel like I've had a beer, I forget. So when I have like two, it's really one and it's my way of kind of like limiting myself. Um because that is We all not, gotta make sacrifices in self quarantine. I mean, it, you know, it's like I wanna say it like I wanna use this time to be productive and like you know, learn something new, pick up a new hobby or like take a course online that I would never have time to take. And really the whole day is just a fight to try to make it as long as I can before I open a beer. Yeah. If I can offer a counter opinion, because uh, uh, Robin and I have talked a bunch about this, but there's there is this sort of uh, capitalistic pressure that we all feel to make this time at home productive because it's now free time and I'm doing air quotes and, and if you're not working on something or working towards something then you you know ought to feel guilty about that but you know I just I, I would like to offer that you know one one may feel free to just uh, go easy on themselves during what is a very stressful and unusual time yeah and that's a good point and a good thing to keep in mind um, because I've you know, not to like get too personal, but uh, I feel like sometimes I'm a little too hard on myself. And like I, the past like six months, I've been through a lot of shit. And now I'm like being like all hard on myself. I'm like, oh, I'm out of shape. I should use this time to like get in shape or um, and really like I'm just like happy that I'm not like succumbing to this crazy anxiety that's brought on by like 
you know, uh, having to try to like think about this virus when my life's yeah. been on pause since like September. Yeah. And like, this was supposed to be the time that everything was like getting back to normal. And, uh, and now I'm like literally terrified to just like, oh, my only goal is not to catch this. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, to just like, I guess like not feel like you need to do that. But there's yeah. those people that everyone's like, you got to be opportunistic, like and never let a good crisis go to waste is something that people keep saying. And I'm like, Ugh. dude, come on, man. Like that actually makes my skin crawl. Yeah, that's, that's like, I mean, that's ridiculous. Like to, to each their own. And I'm not saying, you know, don't be don't try to do something productive or don't try to, you know, better yourself. I'm just saying, you know, when it comes to putting so much pressure on yourself, yeah. Or oneself, whoever is out there and maybe relating to this. Um, yeah, just go easy on yourself. Have yeah. another light and a shit could be worse koozie. And uh, I don't know. Just We're just trying to get by here. <laughs> I know. So this is an interesting time, I think, for like a Packers show because this is typically a time of year. I guess you'd be getting excited about the draft, but it's not like we're missing football being played. So it's kind of a time of year that a lot of people, you know, it doesn't take up as much mind share anyway. Um so I'm wondering, like, are people missing anything about, like, like the cycle? Of, like, if you're, let's say, like, you're like me and you don't, you know, you're, the Packers are kind of like the only team you really care about in sports. Yeah. And other than that, it's just something to watch or yeah. something to gamble on, maybe. Um, like, are you really missing it? Because, like, I, I don't feel like I'm missing that much. It's weird when you go to ESPN.com and, like, on the top, there's just nothing. Like, there's not yeah. even sections anymore. <laughs> there's, like, not even, like, a, a you know, a a soccer league and like, uh, you know, some crazy part of the world to even feign interest in anymore. I think at Belarus is the only place that's still playing soccer. Uh, yeah. If anyone out there is missing something uh, specific or has a take on, you know, this time of year, something you're looking forward to and, and you feel a void right now because of the, uh, the situation, uh, let us know, let us hear it. But I'm with you, Alex. I, I kind of feel, um, Similarly, I I don't really follow any other sports. I, I reached a point in my life where like I had to kind of pick one, and I picked one sport and one team, and everything else again is like if it's if it's on, maybe I'll watch it. But I kind of just for my own sanity, and to get some <laughs> focus on some other stuff in my life at other points of the year, I, I just sort of picked one. So I know that you know I'm I'm friends with a lot of people on 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 Twitter in sort of the Packers sphere who are also big Brewers fans or Bucks fans or, you know, insert your team here, not just the local Wisconsin teams. And I know that a lot of people are, especially baseball, are are feeling the feeling the hurt right now. Um, but so you and I feel like are maybe I don't know if we're unique among our listeners, but I'm not feeling a void of sports right now personally. Yet. I don't yet. know if that yeah, yet. Yeah, well, and I don't know, maybe we can talk about that because it seems like as as much as um, the person in the White House would like to urge professional sports leagues to keep to some kind of schedule here moving forward, I don't know that you can really count on that. No. Um, I love how you won't even mention the name, too. Um, like Voldemort. Um, but yeah, <laughs> nice. Um I I will say that my my excitement is uh, for the draft. I I used to be like really into the draft, and then I kind of like my interest faded a little because I realized like I I spent so much time and energy thinking about this and like having a wish list and like the chances of them drafting a player that I invested in already before he becomes a Packer is so minimal, and also nobody knows anything. But my no. excitement for this draft because of the logistics 
and because I cannot wait to see how this is executed is actually like really ramping up now because I can't even just admit, like I something's going to go wrong with Goodell's like connection or something <laughs> like <laughs> let's fill in the gap also for for anyone who's not aware never has the world of fantasy football draft actually mirrored reality uh, so closely because uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell informing uh, all the clubs uh, recently within the last few days that the the 2020 NFL draft would proceed in a fully virtual format, uh, which is obviously a, a big change in sort of the pomp and the circumstance and the week-long hoopla outside and people running into football-themed bouncy castles and whatever else goes on and sort of the, yeah. the lead-up and the party and, and all that stuff and the, the coverage. Um, so, but... Obviously, it's going to be a change. Is this going to change how you f- follow the draft? You said you're more interested now. I well, I think I'm just like more interested in seeing the broadcast and how this is going to work. And also, it's the only unless you're a wrestle uh, a wrestling fan because I think WrestleMania put on a, a show, and I think there's a UFC fight this weekend actually that's pretty big uh, where they're fighting in front of no one. But other than that, there's no like live sporting event. It's all Netflix, HBO. You know, it's all just streaming things. Yeah. Um, so we've had nothing to follow live together like we love to do on Twitter. So I think that element of it is interesting. And um, I'm just excited to see like a little bit of the chaos maybe. And maybe it'll go way smoother than I think. And I'm kind of overrating this because like the people making the picks are remote anyway. They're never near each other per se. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I would just love to see. You know how like when you have some people don't, you know, don't do the online draft. They do the live draft. And there's one of my friends was mentioning this. There's always that guy who like got up to like go get a beer and like didn't realize someone was picked and picked some like two rounds later. And it's just like, wait a second, that guy's like not even on the board. Um, I'm just like waiting. I, I'm wishing and hoping for things like that to happen so that we could just like, I don't know, have something to laugh at, I guess. Yeah. Um, other than the ridiculous memes and TikTok videos people are making at home. I wonder if, if it's going to be on like, uh, if the if the draft is going to be on something like, like Zoom, if that's how they're all gonna coordinate. Zoom has those uh, those snap filters, and I wonder if like any GM's gonna accidentally put a snap filter on their face. Like uh, <laughs> Gudekunst is gonna like his face is gonna be on a potato or something. Yeah, there's a there's a pickle one too. <laughs> there's a lot of crazy ones, and like those backgrounds, like you could put yourself in like a nice tropical location or whatever, yeah. and all that that kind of stuff. Yeah, Zoom is flying right now. Uh, as is house party i saw is up 80 <laughs> percent uh, what is house party i saw someone mention that recently house party is how i've been spending a lot of my nights when i just like need to interact with someone new uh no offense to my wife and like maybe when i'm just like kind of not that uh engaged with whatever show i happen to be watching but um it's a it's a video conferencing app i think it caps out at eight users but um it has games like integrated into it so it's kind of just meant it's not like you would never use it for work it's just kind of meant for you and your friends and um you know if you're friends with someone anytime they they go on the app it sends you a little notification like zach is in the house and then you can like choose to like go in the house with them and join and uh you can play like uh basically like that, that heads up game that ellen degeneres game um a, like a pg version of cards against humanity and it's all like built into the app so hmm. a lot of people are using that now to hang out it's you know it's other than the games integrated it's not very different from zoom or skype gotcha. or whatever but gotcha. um and you could drop in on anyone which is kind of fun 
unless you lock the room. So I've uh, I've surprised some people who were having conversations <laughs> and just like busted in and crashed the party because like what else are you gonna do? You know. <laughs> Uh, that's maybe like dur- during the draft, maybe like GMs are multitasking and they're like live cast themselves, but maybe they're also playing a ripoff of uh, Cards Against Humanity. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Boot and O'Brien, and <laughs> maybe. Um, that that's uh, yeah. I would love to know how these guys are spending their time. Um, you know, prepping for the draft with so much uncertainty, I think, is just like a very weird thing because. Uh, I mean, what is like the off season? I mean, I, maybe I'm missing something, but has there been any definitive um, statement about like what off season programs are going to look like? Well, I'll tell I'll tell you what. Um, we're already in the part of the year where if you are a new coach, you have the right to gather your team and do some some amount of introductions and, and installs, and that's definitely not happening. So there's uh, you know, Giants, a couple other teams that that could be under ordinary circumstances using this uh, this time right now to get a leg up and and that's been pushed out I would have to assume I think that they've been uh, pretty quiet about it in terms of um, not wanting to to put a definitive stake in the ground but I don't see how uh, even an, anytime in the next month maybe six weeks that people uh, would be allowed to you know gather in the in the same buildings this actually brings to mind a, a question that I wanted to to pose to you, Alex, because we've we've talked a little bit about how uh, year one of the Matt Lafleur offense was underwhelming, um, but we've also been quick to point out that uh, both the coach and the quarterback um, said that they you know they came out and said like we didn't really get to install the whole offense last year. We didn't have everything at our disposal, and whether that's for like a lack of time or roster restrictions, or maybe it's a little bit of uh, you know, flubbing the truth. Whatever, the, there was apparently stuff that they didn't you know, get to. Do you think that this offseason being interrupted in this way will like stymie the growth that we thought maybe we would see in the offseason? I mean, because again, you like, can't, really, can't really do a lot of that stuff digitally. Some of it is just reps. Yeah, um, I, I, I guess the answer would be yes. I think that um, even when we, you know, when the new now like old CBA was agreed to and the offseason program changed from that regard. I think that was kind of a thing we always fell back on whenever we were talking about players taking a long time to develop or whatever it may be. Um, And, you know, we would think about the Mike McCarthy quarterback school days and how we wish we had that back. Um, And that made a big difference. And now this is like, you know, it, it could limit that even further, which yeah. I think is going to really make an impact for teams that are relying on a lot of young guys um, to step in and have a big impact. In a way, I'm almost kind of glad now, even though at the time I was pretty okay with the idea of Mike Pettin leaving. Um, I I actually am now thankful that that did not happen because oh, yeah. it, it, it's just like one less thing to worry about in terms yeah. of trying to install a brand new scheme. Um, when you don't necessarily know how much time you're going to have. So uh, I, I think there's, <laughs> if anything, there's a plus to the continuity. But in terms of of installing an offense that is still not fully installed, I guess, I mean, I think that that's, that's, uh, that's an issue. But it's it's also, you know, it's a level playing field across the league. It's not like the Packers are getting any less time than anybody else, which is interesting. Um now, uh, I don't know why I just thought of this, and I understand that this is like a Packers podcast, but 
uh, I just thought of like teams trying to cheat the system, and then I thought of the Patriots, and I thought about how they're finally <laughs> preparing for a season without Tom Brady, and they don't even know who Why their quarterback's going to be. The Patriots automatically. Huh. <laughs> and then I was like, "Huh, I wonder what they're doing. Are they practicing? <laughs> like, are they? They they'll find a way to to work their way way around this, and then there'll be like a huge scandal or something like that." Um, but yeah, so um, the answer to the question, it kind of sucks from the growth of the offense, but yeah. Um, I am happy that we're not dealing with that on the other side of the ball. So yeah. I'm pumped about that. And and like you said, and I think like a lot of um, a lot of the the players like to say from time to time, everyone's going to have to you know is dealing with the same set of circumstances, so the same the same hurdles to overcome here in the off season. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to. Uh, Trying to think of other Packers topics since the last time we fired up the microphone. Oh, Devin Funches. You excited about Devin Funches? Oh, that's right. He wasn't there uh, when we last recorded. Um, So uh, am I excited? There's upside there. It's kind of like the other signings. So um, I was reading a Rob Domofsky piece at ESPN.com today that I think came out uh, a day or two ago. And it was just the contrast between last year's like mega millions spent in free agency and this year's modest. I was like 25 or 28 right. or something uh, million dollars that they really committed. Um, and that's like, that's a good model. In theory, you like, you get your big pieces, you know, you need your cornerstones for a new regime last year and you're adding depth here. Um, you know, you, you go into this draft, this virtual draft, I still think with a major hole at receiver, which is another thing I'm excited about because uh, I really want to see how that's addressed. Like Funches, yeah. he he he's a good option. Uh, I think maybe he can be a number three, like uh, uh, on a good receiving core. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, in no way am I like okay, they're 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 better at that position now than they were, but in no way am I thinking that they're okay. And I don't think they're thinking that either. Do um, you think that Funches that that Funches at his best possible that he's capable of right now is like Geronimo Allison's ceiling. Or do you think that Geronimo Allison barring injuries or whatever happened could, could have been, or could be, uh, could have been a, uh, a better player. Yeah. Uh, cause I think actually Funches is going to end up making, uh, less than Allison made last year. I, I could be. Yeah. Really? Okay, so uh, you're probably Not right about lot. that. Um, I it, when you put it in those terms, then I think uh, that's great for the Packers because I still think that Funches, barring injuries, can be much more productive than Geronimo Allison was. There was this like aura about Allison that you felt like at some point he was going to blossom into like a really good number two receiver. Yeah. Um, and just be like that next guy who wasn't highly touted that worked his way up the ranks. So what was he like a six round pick or something? Just like yeah, right. so many other Packer receivers, uh, but not really. The Packers like they were they were hitting in the second round. But anyway, um, so but I you could there was a time where you could fantasize about him being like a James Jones, like someone who blossoms into a number two role that yeah. and, and plays really well. I think in this era, like Donald Driver, kind of set that example and like almost yeah. in a way like ruined it for us that's, we pro- kept that's expecting probably expecting yeah. everyone else to do that it's a better <laughs> when in reality comparison. the only other really good really solid productive receivers they had were drafted pretty highly yeah. um at least in like the 
Aaron Rodgers uh, era Packers. Damn you, Donald Driver. Yeah, thanks ruining for ruining our expectations for the really rest of our lives. Some, some unrealistic expectations, but uh, no, I think Funches can be better than that. I mean, Allison gave them next to nothing. Which also, I don't know if maybe we did talk about this. I'm going a little nuts, but was he already on the Lions last time we recorded, or is that also new? He's on the Lions, right? Uh, Allison. Yeah. Uh, no, he was not. Okay, so can we talk about that? Yeah, breaking news from. From uh, the NFL here, as <laughs> yeah. a couple weeks ago, I think, Geronimo Allison signing with the Lions. <laughs> um, what is happening in that division? <laughs> like, I don't know. We talked about like everything's just the same as our last podcast. We joked yeah. about like Packers players who weren't that good getting signed in the division, and then another one happened. And I'm just wondering what what they see. You know, like it's it's not as if the Packers cut off Geronimo Allison. Uh, and we're like, you know, it's it's just taking too long. Like they gave him a really, really adequate chance to a lot to of blossom. opportunities. Yeah, he yeah. he had every opportunity, and I know there was some health stuff, um, but he had every opportunity to shine and just take that role that's been wide open for a really long time and just didn't. So what about that makes you want to go out and sign him? It, yeah. uh, not that he should like never play football again. I guess I'm being a little too harsh, but. I always find it interesting when when the division opponents who clearly have to see so much film on this guy, yeah. um, you know, feel like they're maybe there's some value left there when they'd be given that. But yeah, anyway, um, I mean, that's not half as bad as the Bears signing Jimmy Graham, which we did talk about for a second. But uh, yeah, the North is just I don't know, man, like no one's no no team is bad per se. No one's like a, a bunch of clowns, but. Everyone else is just making these moves where I'm just like, why are you, what are you doing? What yeah. is that? <laughs> There's not a lot of, a lot of sensible, yeah, uh, acquisitions, I would say, that just make a lot of, uh, 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 you know, that are very clear. And I, you know, maybe we're looking at it from a Packer lens and they're thinking that, you know, like yeah. their fan base and the Bears podcast and Vikings podcast and everything are like, what are the Packers doing signing Devin Funches? What do they think they're yeah. going to get at him or Christian Kirksey or whatever? But, um, well, there, yeah, I mean, and there are those slices of every fan base. I mean, there was a lot of Bears Twitter that was like, you know, again, really talking up Clinton Dix, uh, especially in comparison to, uh, to Adrian Amos. And I think uh, the more sensible among us were like, ah, wait and see on that one, buddy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Packers were right again, and they're right a lot, and they've been wrong before, and they've been wrong in big fashion, and but those have only been like kind of like the two Hall of Famers they let go, <laughs> like Woodson yeah. and Julius Peppers, I would say. I, I'm trying to think of what, like, I just don't see us sitting here next year at this time or in January, February, whatever, being like, man, you know, we were really wrong about Blake Martinez. I just cannot see it. You know, like it doesn't even feel like a possibility. That's a little newsy item. What was the thing he said in the New York media uh, maybe a, a week or two ago? He made some comment about the way that um, the Packers uh, utilized their inside linebackers and that he just like wasn't, he was discouraged from doing what he thought were like core responsibilities of an inside linebacker. Um, Something like that. So well, how do you interpret that then? Because... I think a lot of times we we talked about him getting exposed, and I think every time we did mention that maybe he shouldn't be in those positions to begin with. Um, is that maybe there's just a lot of truth to that? Is that what he? 
yeah. referring to or you think he's talking about like did you read it more as like the way they like value that position i just think i think it's a little of both and i know that's annoying to kind of play it down the middle but it, it i i think that the the biggest determining factor if i put on my sort of my my gm hat my coach hat and i'm figuring out how to deploy players i want to uh, put them in i want to use their strengths put them in the best possible position to help the team. It seems like common sense, but it may just be that they weren't asking Blake Martinez to do X, Y, Z things because they didn't think he could do them. Right. Because he's not a great player. Yeah. He's totally a good player, but he's not a great player. And there's things that he can't do. Right. And maybe they were just using him in a way to avoid, to minimize him getting exposed and, um, and yeah, I don't. So uh, this was the quote, which makes me think is he's talking more about just like not getting the money he wanted, I guess. I think the way they value the inside linebacker position, especially in that defense, it wasn't as valued as other places, I guess, in my opinion. Overall, it was one of the things where they offered me and we were just in different wavelengths on where I valued myself and where they valued it. Um, so I, I we've think talked a few times about <laughs> this. Yeah, I, I agree. But, you know, we talked a few times about this in the last few weeks and and um i remember talking with tex western as well about this but you know the the number came out before the end of the season on spot track that his market value was going to be like 16 million now that's not what he got but that lets you know sort of the the ballpark that that position group uh is going to be in and if you can go out and get that you know more power to you but like you're not getting that in green bay no and 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 i think in uh, really good franchises, you shouldn't be getting that. I mean, we've yeah. talked about it before. And yeah. there's a reason that position has been expendable and people have felt like it's a need since uh, the flash in the pan that was Desmond Bishop, but they've done pretty okay without it. Yeah. Um, Bad job by me for not knowing how much he got, but I think it was like, is it 10 million a year? Or maybe I'm making that up. I think I you're, know. yeah, it's 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 something around there. Yeah. Um, I don't but remember even that. Either. Yeah, no. I don't want I don't want Blake Martinez for ten million dollars a year. No, no. Um, there's just too much. There's there's too many other parts of your team that are really important to your success. (laughs) And to me, an inside great inside linebacker um, is is more a luxury than it is anything else. You know, it's great if you get one. uh, If you happen to draft one, if you get one and it's not making that much money. and you know maybe you get to a second contract and then you have to uh, tough the decision to make, but uh, it's not something you, you you go and spend big on. I mean, when's yeah. the last time that like maybe I have a huge blind spot here? When's the last time that made a huge impact on a team? Like, doesn't it just yeah. the, the way that people said running back was like getting just phased out? When you think about recent great inside linebackers, doesn't it feel like you're just thinking of like the old days, like the Erlackers, <laughs> the Ray Lewises, like those kind of guys? Like, yeah, it feels so ancient. Like I, I guess Luke Keekley, maybe, yeah. but he he didn't even play like Keekley and uh, Blake Martinez are very very different on the athletic spectrum here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke yeah, Keekley yeah. could run forty yards downfield yeah. and cover guys. Like Blake Martinez ain't doing that. So, um, anyway. But I mean, no, to your point, you know, who's the, who was the guy from Chicago? Kwiatkowski? Is that, was that his name? Yes, I think yeah, so. So like a guy like that, who's similar to Martinez is like, a he's a pretty, he's a pretty good inside linebacker. He's younger and I think has maybe more, more upside, 
but he, he's not like a future Hall of Famer, or at least not yet. And a guy like that hitting the market, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, rubbing their hands together. Like, that's the guy that, that we want. And like, if that's really the guy that you're salivating for, the guy who's like pretty good, but not Ray Lewis, you know, then yeah, maybe that, I don't know, speaks to your point. Who are these great inside linebackers? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I'm sure somebody's gonna be like, oh, you're missing this guy. And that, like, it's not like players at that position aren't good. No. It's just like, you know, te- teams don't typically do really, really well if they have bad tackles or bad corners, you know, or a bad quarterback, obviously. Uh, teams can do just fine without a great inside linebacker, you know? Uh, that's just that's just the nature of, uh, of where football's at right now. Um, yeah. I have another question for you. Uh, it's not based on a news item, but um, it's based on the fact that we haven't been able to go anywhere and go to restaurants or anything like that. Um, yes. You must be making some wicked food because I know in this house we're cooking so much and you guys were already making like, I feel like, you know, 48 hours smoked briskets and stuff like that to begin with. Like, No, you must be no really smoking. We haven't gotten there. You're referring to our pork shoulder, which we actually use a crock pot for. Uh, we oh, haven't okay. done that in a while. I would say the most adventurous thing is we have taught ourselves how to make sushi and we've been doing that. Um, and that's awesome. Really? That's vegetarian really fun, yeah. sushi or sushi with like sushi grade fish. No, we'll use, uh, you know, we'll cheat a little bit and do like a, a salmon that's not sushi grade. So we'll we'll cook it. So it's not true okay. raw, raw fish sushi. I wish um, we're in the middle of the desert and it also uh, financially tight time seems a little uh, seems not the right time to find <laughs> yeah. our sushi grade fish distributor. Uh, but that's probably the most. A lot of Asian cooking. Uh, that's our uh, our jam right now. There's a a great um, international grocery store here that has a ton of different. Each aisle is like a different uh, region, and so they've got like six different Asian regions, um, Indian food, uh, European food, and we've been going there. It's like the height of the panic when grocery stores were were empty. That place was fully stocked and ready to go, and it was our our best friend. So we've found like weird asian like bean curd like fried tofu that comes in a marinated pack and all mm-hmm. kinds of uh, adventurous stuff and um that's that's been our our main jam lately but um yeah we i think a lot of people uh don't cook for themselves and this is like a harrowing time for them yeah but uh, we uh, for the past few years have basically for the most part cooked all of our meals for ourselves three meals a day it's just like we like it. I don't know. It's just it's just our lifestyle. So that hasn't been hasn't been interrupted. And yeah, it has been a a, a time to experiment a little bit. What about you guys? Yeah, it's us. Uh, I mean, we're cooking a lot. I would say uh, I typically don't eat breakfast anyway, but uh, lunch and dinner every day. Um, maybe like on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, we'll like order some takeout or whatever. We just don't feel like it. Mainly because we're just sick of doing so many dishes. But um, yeah. I uh, I we've we've done. I would say the one that I'm most proud of, which isn't that hard really, but uh, it took a couple of tries to make like good homemade pasta just from like flour and eggs. Um, yeah. The first time the dough was really not right. And um, so that was kind of a disaster. And then like the last time, uh, I think the third time we made it, um, it was like, it was pretty spot on. Uh, so that's been really good. And it's just been 
making we're working our way through a really really good cookbook which and the reason i love it uh uh, my wife really loves it but it's called half-baked harvest and it's uh i like it because it's like not particularly healthy but it's also not really bad it's just like good like like realistic things you would make at home but that are like really delicious may have like one or two like fun little spins on them um so that's been really good my next thing i want to do though is I want to like home make like good ramen because uh, we got Ooh. not that long ago. One of our friends got back from Japan and brought us like really good ramen. And it's like, I don't even know the first place you'd start with making like a great broth and what you like the ingredients you'd put in. Um, but I love going to get ramen. So I want to try to like uh, give a couple cracks at making a, a really good ramen bowl at home. I think that'd be good. But I miss sushi a lot because uh, the, you know, so many places here are doing takeout. Um, but no sushi places. And that must be a supply thing is my guess. Cause mm, yeah. if you go on, you know, seamless cause you lived in New York, like it's based like Grubhub or whatever. Um, and uh, if you go on and like you type in, like there's not, a, I think in our like delivery range, there's not a single sushi place open, which is nuts. Wow. Um, I don't, I don't know what that is, but yeah. So I, I missed that big time. So good for you on making your own. That's, that's pretty badass. I'm, a, I, I'm just there for moral support. I watch, Robin oh. make it. All right. Well, you get to <laughs> eat the it, artist. which is nice. I do get to eat it. It's delicious. Um, yeah, we're out of football topics. What else? You watch uh you seen Tiger King? Everyone's watching Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I have seen it. I got to say at the beginning I didn't really want to like continue watching the series, but my wife was obsessed. It just made me very uncomfortable and I just like Oh, cuz you're Florida. <laughs> well yeah all the shame i always have to have for being well, from i mean there. my wife is from tampa she had the, a similar experience yeah well she doesn't it's not it's not about shame it's just about oh this is relatable like i know i know yeah. some of these people it, it's um you know it it is fascinating i heard they're coming out with another episode just because yeah. like they have ev- the whole world's attention right now and like Why if you not? have all this other footage yeah like it's a really good time to capitalize on that i guess um yeah, I don't know. It just made me really sad. Like, it it got so dark. Like, at first, it was kind of funny, like, seeing these, like, oh, man, there's real people like this. I can't believe, like, these these people live this way. And then it just got so dark, and I just... And what you just said, I think, hit on what I didn't like about it, and I got um, a lot of blowback online as, like, oh, you're a contrarian guy, because I was like, Tiger King is not good. I didn't like it. Right. Um, but... Oh, because one of the things I just wish that the people who like really liked it and are all about it would just admit that the thing that they like about it is that they want to gawk at rednecks. That's what it is. Yeah, it's totally. Just, it's it's just like a different form of reality TV, and you know, I I don't want to do that. It, in addition to the fact that, um, I, oddly enough. Um, we started it like we went to the, you know, got on Netflix, found it, started playing it, and we didn't realize this, but it actually started us on the last episode for no reason. So we got like halfway through the first uh, episode. I'm like, why aren't they explaining anything? I like, I mean, I can intuit what's happening here, but I don't really get what's going on. And my wife later uh, kept going after we had given up on it. She's like, oh, I get it. We, uh, we were we were misguided, but she she confirmed still that uh, our original opinions hold, and um, yeah, it's just you know gawking at 
poor people, basically, which if if you can admit that that's what you like about it, then that's fine. I didn't like that. Yeah. I mean, again, I, like I, I understand it, but it, that part of it, which is the appeal, instead just made me very uncomfortable. And like, yeah. just like I was just like, I don't uh, I don't I don't like that. I'm I wasn't even I had someone it. on. I don't know how to. Yeah, I don't even know like what I would say. I was just well, like, I just you know, I'm glad I, that you're having that conversation with yourself, because I some of the. One instance of blowback that I got on Twitter was someone said to me something like, um, oh, you're probably the guy who watched the Transformers movie and was like looking for more like plot and narrative. And I'm like, Transformers is a fictional story about robots from outer space that turn into cars. This is a like essentially it's a documentary about real people. They're not the same thing. I mean, yeah, it's. A, I don't know. I don't know. Not even close. Like the second you start, like, I mean, the second there's a suicide, like on, like there's just footage of it, and you're like yeah. watching other people watch it. It, it to yeah. me is just like, okay, I, I'm done there. You know, like I, there's too much good shit I can watch that's gonna make me feel good or laugh or like yeah. compel me that I at the end of the day can go to bed being like that's not real. You know, there really wasn't uh, someone who was killed by their spouse and fed to tigers like i'll do that instead <laughs> like, I will, well i'll take that um, i don't know if we should get out of here or or what but maybe before we do um what is that one thing that awesome thing that you're that you're watching right now or that you have uh, watched in quarantine times that to laugh or some funny thing you discovered <laughs> or some new some new favorite show netflix yeah. or otherwise so um while i should be you know consuming some new stuff instead what we're currently doing um is re-watching the entire soprano series again which i've done like three times like intermittently like one or every, once every two or three years and i don't know why we started that but um pretty invested in that because yeah, like it's a like, great show that's why and every I mean, once in a while you want to rewatch it yeah it's just an incredible show it's like every time you watch it you notice something else or feel something else and it is really funny too like there's a yeah. lot of comedy yeah. uh, in that show so that's the big one um what else have i watched i'm trying to think uh you know i'm 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 watching last week tonight like episodically still because like i i try not to watch too much news during the week yeah. i understand that that's like not where you should get your news it's definitely like <laughs> slanted in a way but it is entertaining um but i just can't do like the actual news um and what we're, we're gonna start uh we just like committed last night we're like you know what? we're gonna start uh we're you trying committed. to decide well we, we like made the decision because neither of us have ever seen uh the wire which um is obviously a big miss so i think we're gonna try to either we're trying to decide between that or silicon valley and i don't um, know like which I'm going series to i should start give you a, i'm gonna give you a hard steer towards the wire mm -hmm. and i will be extremely jealous that you get to watch it for the first time really it's really really good because a few people tell me i shouldn't do that now because it's just too heavy but i don't know like uh, sometimes some things are so good it doesn't matter how heavy it is. Like it's it is heavy, but uh, you know, uh, as opposed to Tiger King, it's fictional, and uh, <laughs> right. um, so you know if you can if you can separate if you can separate that out. I mean, it's just such such a good show. Even season two, which many people will tell you 
is a throwaway season, I think, is still great, great television. Um, yeah, it's 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 wonderful. I have not not a big Silicon Valley fan, but okay. um, maybe that's because it like hits a little bit too close to home, having like worked in <laughs> yeah. startups and stuff. So, what are you uh, watching then? What's your uh... The thing we thing. just watched is a show from a couple years ago. It was a Showtime show, I believe, and it's called Happy-ish. And it is a show about, I mean, basically the, the main character is a guy who works at a very large ad agency. And he's having a bit of a, a midlife moment. He's married with a kid and you, it just follows. Um, they only did it for one season. It's very, very funny. It's very profane. It's very self-aware about um, marketing and the ad world um, in a way that that I really enjoy. And they intersplice a lot of sort of magical realism where he's like talking to the Geico lizard and like cartoons intersplice the Keebler elves and stuff. Um, it's really, 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 really funny. Um, so we really enjoyed that. And you can house it in a day or two if you're really, if you're really committed because it's just one season. Um, yeah, that's our show. Happy-ish. Yeah. Highly nice. recommend. Uh, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to check that out. Um, are you an Ozark fan? We haven't, haven't gotten into that one yet, but so great things. The new season came out, season three. I am into it, but my wife isn't. So this is a, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Um, <laughs> this is one of those times where it's like, I would have finished it already in under normal circumstances because I'd watch it when she's not home. Yeah. But she's never not home. <laughs> and she just wants like no part of it. Uh, she doesn't so, want to reach across the aisle just this one time. She's watched to, the uh, full first season and she's like, you know, I don't really like that show. And then I, she okay. tried to watch season it, two. She's like, nah, I'm not into it. If she gave it the whole season to try. I, okay, that's Oh, fine. yeah. She gave it like a season and, and change. So uh, any other recommendations, please write us people. And we, yeah. can, we can talk about your favorite show yeah. on the next pod or something. Because there's not much else to talk about here. At Alex Patakis on Twitter. I'm at Zach Rapport at the APC pod. Um, is that it? Is that a show? <laughs> I think it is. Let's do it again <laughs> soon, though. I mean... There's something kind of like fun and light about not having <laughs> not having like things be normal and just kind of operating under these circumstances because everyone it, throughout most of the world is in the same boat. So it's like the one yeah. like, comfort I take in this is I'm just like, you know, a lot of people are dealing with this could be way worse. I hope everyone's all right and we'll, we'll be normal again. It'll happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'll happen soon. Before, but right before we head out and hit the polka here, I want to give a shout out to Josh, who is our first patron uh, on Patreon, uh, which we started a couple weeks ago. Patreon.com slash NoteNugs, N-O-T-E-N-U-G-S. Um, if you like what you hear from us, if you get some enjoyment and you want to contribute to the show, we would very much appreciate it. Um, you can head over to patreon.com slash notenugs and do that. We have no um, tiers or incentives right now, um, but if you guys have ideas about what you might like, whether that's extra content or a newsletter or merch and swag, or Alex, you and I were throwing around the idea of like basically opening up our game day text thread to some kind of Slack channel where... Um, Maybe we could get some get some fans in there, and um, and you can see how profane we are on game day. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. And I, you know, it's honestly, I, I'm more into that now than Twitter because, uh, like, I don't know. I, 
Twitter, there's so much like clapback where it's like sometimes I just like use our text thread as that. Like sometimes I like to get drunk and talk shit, and it's yeah. more fun to do when you're not going to have like that one guy in your replies right. who's going to like bring something up and be like, "Well, actually, you're wrong." Like, okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, so Josh, if you like that idea, uh, <laughs> let us know. And if anyone else likes that idea and wants to contribute, Patreon.com/slash/NodeNugs. And with that. I am going to hit the polka. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have not already, hit that five-star review button. Very helpful for us. That is the free way that you can contribute to the show. Um, boosts our profile, gets uh, our show in front of more eyeballs and ear holes. And I don't know, man. Strange times. We'll see. We should just keep doing this every week. I don't know. Whether stuff happens or not. Just human contact. I like seeing your face. I want to see the goatee progress, Alex. <laughs> Any parting words for, for our dear listeners out there? Just just listen to instructions wherever you are. Stay home. Make smart choices. Damn straight. Yeah. Damn straight. And be well. And if you think you're invincible, just do it for other people. Because uh, you could be inadvertently carrying it asymptomatically. And you could, you know go to spring break in Florida and cough on someone and then they die. And that's not a joke. <laughs> so <laughs> listen to instructions, people. Damn it, Florida. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Alex, your Florida mixture of Florida pride and shame. All right, guys, we'll see you later. Hang in there. Stay safe. Be well. And go Paco. <laughs> <laughs>